1: The puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot he scores! Moments notice.
0: You're listening to Canucks Conversation.
1: Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like I don't, I don't
0: cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of podcasts and delivered by DoorDash.
1: Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted him in a dunk. Wow, we should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on! I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores!
0: Hello, Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use our promo code, HockeySeason, capital H, capital S, all one word, at ZephyrEpic.com. Z-E-P-H-Y-R, Epic. Go check them out on all platforms. The new Upper Deck Allure boxes are here. Definitely go take a look at those. We're oh, also... look at
1: that. Somebody's been looking at the Instagram. Email. Email. Ah, okay. Yeah,
0: we get emails. We're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital Ds, all one word. Gets you 25% off your first order and free delivery. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is David Quadrelli. I am joined, as always, on a very special episode by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Chris, episode 200. I've been here for, what, 149 of those? Something like that.
1: 140. 140? 61 was your first episode. Oh, yeah. So that would that's be... That's how math works. So how math... People should know this about you, and it pisses me off that you can't do, like, simple additions and multiplications. Okay. Like okay. When we were on the golf course, one time you pulled out the calculator to add threes and fours together to get a yeah. final score on the golf card
0: Because it goes up.
1: It adds up, man. Yeah, but you should be able to do that kind of math in your head. Three plus four plus five. For you, a couple sixes. No. Literally, the
0: only thing I was good at in school was English. I I am horrible at math. I always have been. All I do well is write. So it it works. Mm. It works for my That actually,
1: yeah, that does make a lot of sense. I was always really good at like the quick multiplication tables. Oh, my gosh. Like up to about 20. I can give you a lot of those pretty quick. Don't test me right now.
0: I'm 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 normally pretty good at I'm going to come out and say something. Sorry, mom. Sorry, any of my teachers that are hearing this. I never learned how to do long division like we you know how in grade seven you do long division oh man I was sick the week we like learned and then I just I was like they can't they can't hold me back from grade seven if I fail a long division test right like I'll still go to high school so I I went ahead just never learned how to long divide and then I, I think I missed the test too so I missed the lesson and the test and then I remember I got sent home well not sent home but the teacher sent stuff with me to practice um to practice my long division, and I just never did it.
1: Wow! You know, I, I, I never know learned. How to learn, uh, I had a similar thing, but for writing in cursive, I missed like a good solid start to the week about writing in cursive. Mm. So to this day, my, like my last name starts with an F, I have no idea how to do a cursive F. So I'd like have been making it up my whole my whole life, like how to like sign my own name and do the F. Also the H in Chris, like I don't understand any of those either. Yeah, that's like mine doesn't look like that. You just drew it here on our yeah. on our little desk. Mine does not look anything like that. Draw your F. No, this is not good podcast. No, no, here. we'll
0: take a picture, post it on the post it on the. Twitter. I wouldn't
1: even know where to start. I think it would be like that's how I do an F. We'll have to post a picture of this. Oh my god, that's how I start my. My last <laughs> name. I still don't know how to do the H. I literally That's just made up the H. Too H2. good.
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm really glad that we got to this on the first five minutes, and we were we were just saying before this, we we're like, oh yeah, we got hockey to talk about. This is gonna be a great episode 200. But this. This is our calling card. Just absolute nonsense so, to yeah, start.
1: writing on a podcast and <laughs> just posting a picture. I'll, I'll post a picture like right now so people know what yeah, we're talking about. Yeah. I'll post it right now and people have no idea what we're talking about. So <laughs> yeah, maybe they listen no to caption, the podcast. Just
0: no caption. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, let's get into it, man. Like we were kind of saying, well, before we do episode 200, let's reflect a bit because, man. We wouldn't have gotten to 200 if we weren't doing two shows a week through a pandemic, through an off season. I am so surprised we were able to keep it up and, and get to the to get to 200 episodes this early. Uh, it's all because of doing the two episodes a week. We started that because the Patreon people were supporting us enough that it was possible for us to pay for me to drive my truck and the <laughs> gas for my truck in here all the time. Yeah. Don't have the truck anymore, which is good. Well, still do, but it's just parked. It's uh, just parked. But man, it's it's been crazy to get to uh, 200 episodes so fast. It feels like what we started. You came on in the start of 2020, yeah, January 2020. I started the show in November of 2018. Wow, the first episode with Kurt Appleby.
0: We really picked up the pace once I. Kurt joined.
1: Appleby now full circle. Yes, comes on the Canucks combo, gets the bump. Two years later, he's with the and Price. Yeah. We we probably are the reason for that. We're
0: dream makers.
1: Exactly. Once they, they probably went back, listen to episode one, yep. they're like, damn. Yep. Chris and, and Kurt talking about Shotgun Jake at the time. We yep. talked about twenty minutes on Shotgun Jake. Didn't know what I was doing with this podcast. That but Matt Sakaris, you know, he, he likes his uh his intro episodes. He sure does. It was good uh man, it's crazy to get to this point. And yeah, just like to go through it. We went through the off season at two episodes a week. We don't do it often, but I think we we deserve a little pat on the back for from yeah. ourselves here at this point. Yeah. It, it's been a long time, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, we were saying before we started, I was like, you know, what? let's just spend the first ten minutes just patting ourselves on the back for how well uh, we've we're done. allowed
1: to on the two hundredth so. episode.
0: No, I, I think we I think we are. All I
1: right, think I think allowed. it's enough. It's been enough of that. Let's. We have so much to talk about, man. We were both at the game last night. We both watched the game on Sunday. We we're all at. We are at. Well, one of us was at all three days of training camp. <laughs> um, we uh, we have a lot to get into. A ton to get into. Uh, I don't know where you want to start. Do we want to start with the bad? Do we want to start with the good? Do we want to start with the Vasily Colson? Let's start with that. Because I don't think he was either of those things. Really? Uh, in this first priest, Listen, I've I've seen a lot of Vasily Colson. I don't have to tell you that. I didn't think it was a better game for him, but I thought he fit right in with NHL competition. He didn't yeah. stand out as one of the better players, but that line together looked solid like yes. the Garland Miller pod Colson line spent a ton of time I was really hoping that natural stat trick was going to be up the only preseason game Monday night that wasn't on Natural Stat Trick was the Canucks and Flames. How does that happen? How do you get the? How does the Phoenix game get Natural Stat Trick and we don't get it? Well, this one Louis was, Erickson with like a sixty percent Corsi percentage in his I game wrote, down in the I desert. I wrote
0: about that that goal that Louis scored. Louis has scored for those that haven't seen it yet. Go look at the Arizona Coyotes Twitter account. Louis scored probably the nicest goal he's ever scored.
1: Wasn't even looking towards the net. No, he wasn't. It's his trick. He was looking backwards at the other net. And if you look at the other net then you're all good to go, and you just kind of, you know, shoot, and it goes in the right spot. Top shelf, too. Nice shot, by the We're not going to spend too much time there. Pod Colson, here's the thing. Like, I I liked a lot of little things Pod Colson was doing. I liked a lot of his just little things in the battle, but it's not like he stood out as, like, the best player. And and maybe we're grasping a little, because we all want that to happen. Yeah. I especially want that to happen. I mean, seeing him just skate around in a Canucks jersey got me excited right off the bat to see that happen. So I... I liked what he did in game one, but I think he's going to be right back in there on game yes. on the Friday. Yes. Game. I think the Friday game is going to be big three days off completely. That's going to be a big test. But what did you see from pod Colson that makes you, you know, somewhat disagree with what I was saying?
0: Well, here's the thing is, you know, there's no disagreeing that. Yeah. He didn't light the world on fire offensively. Didn't do anything crazy offensively. That makes you go, Oh man, he's making the team. But when he would lose the puck or he had to start back checking or his defensive awareness was tested. Man, that guy passed with flying colors. Like, that's why he's gonna make this team. He's not gonna make this team because he scored a bunch of goals, and I know he hasn't, but even if he does, that's not why he's gonna make the team. He's going to make the team because he's already so defensively responsible and already gets it. Like Travis Green talks a lot about players making mistakes, and you know, with Hoaglander, they had to be a little more careful because he does make mistakes every once in a while, not the best defensively, but with Pod his defensive awareness is through the roof, like he was back-checking hard. He literally looks like an NHL player. I just... And, you know, there was that chance that he set up that McEwen whiffed on, right? That was a really That's nice true. setup. That was a really nice setup. And if, if that goes in... Yeah, you even turn to me. and. You know not to not to rag on McEwen but it was it was funny what you said you were like uh, see he still he still just needs NHL players to pass I know
1: no, what I said was imagine when Vasily Podkolzin starts passing those passes to NHL players
0: yeah because that's what then
1: that, McEwen he could be an NHL yes, player we'll see can. what happens. I yeah. think he will be I was joking a little I know, bit I know I was more saying power play NHL players oh, okay yeah McEwen, know, that's that's a I mean. McEwen's a friend of the he show McEwen's a friend we're of the show He's a friend not trying to rag but on, at but the same time it was pretty funny when I said I'll be 100% off it was uh you know Pod Yeah, I think getting him with Garland and Miller, I'm really going to be curious to what happens with this line. Like, I don't know if this is just... Because having Patan play with Huglander and Besser makes it feel like to me that we're going to see that parent or that group just be, you know, Patan be a placeholder for Pedersen. Then you see the second line of Horvat, Pearson, and they're kind of rotating right now with Chase on kind of being the other guy in there. Mm -hmm. But then Dickinson's kind of just like not really in a top nine group, if you were to think about it. Like, if they were to play their... Their lines right now, all four of their best lines, Dickinson would be the fourth line center, right? Yes. Because you would have the Patan line, which is weird to say. <laughs> the Patan the, line. The, let's just call it the Petey line, since that's what Brock's calling him. Yeah. We'll call it the Petey line. We'll call it the Horvat line. We'll call it the Miller line, and then the Dickinson line.
0: Wait, is Brock calling Patan Petey?
1: Yeah, I had the video out there. I tweeted that out. That's you know what? I so funny. I told, I told my girlfriend this. I was like, I 100% tweeted that out to trigger Clarissa, and it took like 30 seconds for Clarissa <laughs> to t- To quote tweet that because I was like, I 100%. I took that video, I heard him hear like scream Petey, and I was like, I am 100% going to to bait Clarissa right here, and it absolutely worked. (laughs) So, though, that's the interesting thing to me is like, I wonder where Dickinson slides in to that point. If you're going to go and put out like a real strong lineup to play against the Flames, I wonder if Dickinson plays with perhaps Pearson and Horvat. On that line, and then you're looking at you know obviously Patan playing with Huglander and Besser. That's not really that's not an NHL that's line. not an NHL line because of Patan, unfortunately. But yeah. we'll see. Maybe that's something that you can run in preseason until Pedersen gets here. Yes, your second line. I'd like to see Pearson play with Horvat and Dickinson. Play Dickinson on the wing if you're going to go that route. That's kind of your third line because your second line is going to be JT Miller at center with Connor Garland on the right and Pod Colson on the left. And if you're throwing those that top nine out. Like, it's going to be something that we we really want to see on Friday. I would love to see that be the the three lines that we're running out on Friday here. Because I think that's a perfect spot for Pod Colson to land where he's still going to be in an offensive position. But he's also with guys that, like Garland, we haven't really seen enough how good he is defensively. And JT Miller at center is a little shaky defensively as well. But Pod Colson is going to be that real help to, to JT Miller like defensively in the defensive zone. Those were the things that I liked about pod Colson was he made himself very available for outlet passes. Yeah. He also came down a lot. Like I, I no, as a winger, you cover the point man in the five yeah, on yeah, five, yeah. but there was times in the corner where you saw pod Colson come down a little bit to help. And just the presence of him and having his stick involved in stick in board battles, really does a lot. And that's something that you don't really notice with wingers a lot, unless you're looking for it. And maybe with pod Colson, it was one thing that I was kind of looking for last night, but I really liked a little, like a lot of the, the small things that pod Colson was doing, the things that I've seen him do in the KHL for so long, he did a lot of them against NHL competition, but the KHL competition is worse. And he at times was able to really outbody guys in the KHL yeah. really outbody him, look like a real strong piece. When you see him battling against NHL competition, you know, not like Calgary had the most NHL lineup really the other day, but there were times where, you know, Pug Colson was getting pushed around a little bit and that's going to happen. He's 20 years old coming into the NHL, but at the same time, it'll be cool to see him grow into that role when he gets more confident physically against NHL competition to see how strong he can really be. Like he's got the deepest voice in the world. He's obviously going to grow into mm-hmm. that body a little bit more and become even bigger. But I, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do and game one against NHL competition. To me, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad either. But you know, that was kind of a, you know, being okay against NHL competition in your first match, that's a good thing in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's a good starting point for Pod Colson. But I want to touch back on what you said about putting Dickinson on the wing. I just, man, I don't get why everybody, when this guy was quite clearly acquired to be the third line center everybody's like oh let's put dickinson on the wing i i don't get it the canucks haven't had a proper third line center for so long and you were just talking about how miller's a little shaky defensively and we'd like to see him on the wing more than anything right like that's his spot i i don't get this dickinson on the wing
1: talk at all yeah but to counterpoint that if you're putting miller as your center you're making that like the most offensive line possible with, yeah. I mean, if you put Garland on the side, Garland's, you know, stronger offensively than is defensively. Yeah. Pod Colson will be interested to see how he matches up with him. Cause he's more of a defensive player in the end, but you're not making that line to be like the Horvat line where it matches up against people. You want to kind of have that Miller line go against other teams, third lines, right? Like you'll try and put the Horvat line against another top six line. You're going to go with the Patterson line against another top six line. And then that real, like, man, I know that Harmon kind of brought it up a few weeks ago, but if you are getting Miller, with pod Colson. And, and even if it's Garland or Pearson or whoever ends up playing there, if they're going against bottom six lines, they are going to eat offensively. They are going to just go off against these bottom six lines. And that's, that's an exciting thing. So I've kind of been, I was a little surprised to see that line together. Cause it's not really one that I thought of. I didn't think Garland was going to be with Miller. And then to see pod Colson on that line, I thought, wow, that, that does make a lot of sense for pod Colson. So that's a line that kind of surprised me at training camp. And I've been pretty impressed with so far.
0: Look, here's the thing about all the lines and everybody's, you know, saying don't put too much in the lines. We've seen Travis Green. Like, Travis Green at the morning skate, those are his lines that he's going to play with that game night. Like, we, we've we known him long enough that that's what happens. Same thing with training camp. Like, Nils Hoaglander was put on Horvat's line, and we were like, wow, that's going to be a line. And everybody was like, no, no, it's it's just training camp. Don't put Don't put any weight into it. Mm-hmm. And then sure enough, that's where he is opening night. It's this guy's spot to lose, basically. Now... I wonder how much of that is impacted if that same sentiment can be said when Patterson's gone because if it can, that means that Nick Patan literally is just a placeholder, and when Patterson comes back, he's playing with Hoaglander and Besser
1: Patan's interesting because like if he is just a placeholder for right now he is which he is I think, but where does like does he start to get into that battle with? you know, the guys like D Giuseppe because he can play center. Does he battle with Highmore, that McEwen, that kind of that fourth line battle. I found it interesting for a guy like Patan because I thought he probably could be one of the guys that might be in the running. If he can play decently defensively, I don't know. I don't think he kills penalties very often, but if he can add that to his game, like it's weird to think that he's still in the battle. For me, he's not even in the battle for the fourth line spot. No, like chase getting time in the top six playing with Horvat, but he's not but he's not like in the same spot as Patan where it's that's his spot. Otherwise he's going to the a for chase on to me. I get the feeling of like, he still has a chance to be a fourth line guy on this team, even though he's getting the opportunity to play with Horvat right now.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's bang on. I I really do think that like, I do think chase on gets a contract and look like they were using him as the net front presence on the power. play. Let's talk about him for a second because
1: I I thought he was impressive on Monday. I thought so
0: too. I thought so as well. Um, He's also had a pretty good camp. Like, you know, you sign a PTO a few days before camp. Never been to a Travis Green training camp before. A guy who's been there like five times is snow angeling on the ice. And Chase on was fine. Like Chase on did fine in the bag skates. That's impressive. And especially when you're trying to make an impact and impress a coaching staff and you only have like a couple weeks to do it and earn yourself a contract. And like he said, we asked him about this a few times. He's like, I've bet on myself before. Like, this is not this not Chase on's first rodeo with a PTO route. Like, he's done this before, and he's like, I've bet on myself before. And it's worked every time. Like,
1: he's confident. This is a guy who played on a power play that had Connor McDavid on it last exactly. year. He was on the first power play, unit you know, with the Edmonton Oilers. <laughs> we could see it last night uh, when they were playing like a Thatcher Demko highlight before the game of like McDavid across to Chason and Chason getting robbed by Thatcher Demko yeah, yeah, yeah. in the pregame, which we saw a lot of last year as well. But, uh, you know, Abbotsford and Canucks fans got to see the video that we saw in the arena last year a lot. But to me, on it's like, yeah, he's come in and he's been uh, like one of the perfect options to get a PTO. And he mentioned it in his first media availability that he had five or six teams offer him you know, a chance to come and try out for their team in the PTO. And Vancouver was the one that he wanted to go to. It was his decision to come to Vancouver and try and make the effort to to make this team because he liked the exciting young core and liked the chances of them going to the playoffs. So I I think with Chase on it, and I think you and I were talking about this last night. Maybe it was Rob was in there with us as well. We're uh, sitting with Rob Williams at Daily Hive. We were we were talking about this, and I was like, you know, Chase on, if you're looking at him in the battle for the fourth line spot, out of all of the players, if there's an injury to a top six guy and you have to move someone up, Chase on feels like the guy, right? Like, it's not going to be McEwen. It's not going to be Gajovich, It's not going to be DiGiuseppe. Heck, does Chase on jump up the lineup even over Tyler Mott? Like, to play in a top six role, if you need a body mm. and a pinch, are you putting Mott there? Are you putting Chase on there? Because Chase on to me, he's he's been proven to be able to put, you know, put the puck in the back of a net. And yeah, he's not a guy who's always going to be a top six player. But to me, he's the best option that can jump up in the lineup when you're looking at the guys battling for a fourth line spot.
0: I think Tyler Mott is literally the only guy who can really challenge that sentiment.
1: And I wouldn't even... Like, if you're talking about Horvat's line or Patterson's line mm-hmm. and you just need a body for a couple nights, yeah. I don't think it's Mott. If, you're, if we're talking about, like, the Dickinson line, for sure it's Mott. Like, it would absolutely be Mott oh, for to go sure. to the third
0: line. But I agree with you because Mott is really important to the structural integrity of that fourth line. Like, they're not going to want to split that up just so that he can go play in the top six. And again... We've known this coach for a while now. He likes to do the plug and play thing. Like when a top six guy went out last year, Louis Erickson, who's a healthy scratch, was the guy that was going in. Right? It wasn't like, oh, we're going to put Louis on the fourth line and everybody bumps up. Like they don't want to change up those lines if the other lines are working. Right? So if that's I the would case, split it
1: though. I'd say top six and bottom six. Like that's like I can see Mott moving around the bottom six. Like yeah, I can see him, But yes. I don't. That's the thing with Chase on is I don't see him moving around as much like if yeah. somebody went down the third line Mott goes up someone goes down the top six i think chase
0: on this roster come opening night do you think he's opening think night he's, yeah but like i don't playing. think he's in the lineup no okay I don't that's think what the i lineup. that's what i was curious about. well
1: is petterson signed yeah petterson i think petterson's got it. okay petterson signed, signed the no chase not in the lineup opening do you think night. he's on the you think he's on the roster though? i do yeah so you think i think he's in the lineup i think he's playing fourth line minutes i Oh, it's, yeah, I guess if
0: Mott's not healthy either, right? If Mott's not there, I didn't even then, yeah, think yeah, about it, I was thinking there.
1: with Mott, but yeah, yeah, you know, and I th- I don't think Mott's far. Like, we saw him Mott practicing was the after. was shooter
0: for the goaltenders.
1: Well, the and day. he was doing a lot of drills. He was skating around. Yeah. I think he's just coming back from a surgery and is probably in the spot right now where it's just no contact for him because yeah. he was giving it 100%, shooting, skating around, you know, mm-hmm. not just, he just wasn't doing any, any contact, right? He yeah. was out there with Carson yeah. Folk. They were getting their work in and uh, Breezebois as well, but... I don't think Mott's going to be that far away. And I think if, you know, we're still two plus weeks away from the season starting, it will be interesting to see. Like, he's going to have to get into some practices, maybe even a preseason game. I don't think they throw him directly into, like, the opening night roster without getting a preseason game or anything. And, like, yeah, he's going to need to see what contact is like, especially if he's coming back from a surgery. But I don't yeah. think he's far away. Um, do we want to do Yelevi right now? But then we'll head to break after. Let's do that. Sure. Well, I mean... Not what a do you bad, have to say? Not a bad night from him on Monday night, but the problem is not a bad night's just not good enough for your Levy, for after what he did in training camp. Yeah. Yes, his his not a bad performance on Monday night in the preseason game is a step up from what he did in training camp, for sure, because he just didn't look good in training camp. There were definitely some moments on Monday night where we were like, oh, that's a tough look for you, Levy. There was one point where he tripped over the... Tripped on himself behind yep. the net there and then a couple passes that weren't great, but he had a couple nice little stretch passes and you got to give him that like that's his game, right? And he was out there trusted by Travis Green to be killing penalties playing alongside Tyler Myers in that role instead of Jack Rathbone who, you know, Rathbone will get into him a little bit later, but you stock. It's very low right now, but it did get a small bump on Monday night from that preseason game. I think
0: not good enough. Um, I'm not trying to rag on him or anything, but in my mind, with the performances they've turned in at training camp and in the games they've played, Jack Rathbone and Brad Hunt have already made this team. Like I, I think Jack Rathbone's already made this team. Uh, I, I honestly, I don't know how anyone could watch the games and agree with, disagree with that. Um, and with that in mind, yeah, Yo Levy had a better game, but when the bar is as low as it was from his game in Seattle and with the The training camp as well, when the bar is that low, it's not hard to do much better. The thing that you kind of pointed out was Jet Wu, who was his partner, looked better than him. But well, nobody's talking about Jet Wu because we don't have these all-time low expectations for him. The bar isn't six feet under for Jet Wu.
1: Yeah, I just thought that, like, watching him with Jet Wu yesterday, you if you were to just take their nameplates and numbers off the back of your jersey, you couldn't tell between Jet Wu and Ole Levy which one might be fighting for an NHL job. They were That's a
0: great way of putting it. They were
1: the exact same two players. One just happened to be left-handed, one was right-handed. And one of them, we know, is going to be in the AHL and Jet Wu. And it's not like your Levy was that much better than him. And you know, fighting for an NHL job, fighting for your career at this point for your levy,
0: like times ticking on your levy, Ra- not Rathbone. Woo has a long way to go. Right. Yeah. And you know, he's going to, he's going to have to fight for a spot in Abbotsford. Like that's what he's doing. Right. Like look at the right side depth that they have now, uh, in, in Abbotsford, like Brady, keeper a little going bit. down. Yeah. yeah. Brady keeper going down. Very unfortunate, man. We were told, um, Monday morning by Travis that, uh, broken leg for keeper uh, tibula t- so, and fibula
1: so i was at the other end of the rink trying to set up the podcast with harman but um i was talking to raja from uh sportsnet and he yeah. was down in the corner right where it happened and the way that he said it was like he, he got hit with the puck and as soon as weight went on it something just bent the wrong way and he said you could see it on the ice and it was really tough to watch and like raja was telling me they were right there you could see him like he didn't when he hit the ice, he was just in shock almost too, like he said like he was laying there, and then when he kind of leaned up and looked at his leg all twisted the wrong way that 's when he just started screaming. You could hear that through the arena. that was a really tough way to finish training oh, camp there, man that was yeah. you know even as I was leaving the rank that day, I saw him taking him out of the ambulance, but it sounded like uh from was it bending or green that told us that it was a successful surgery, and that's that's really too bad like no, obviously the surgery's good, but like the whole situation with Keeper was like, we were really excited to see him be one of those tough guys kind of leading that defense back He was there.
0: performing pretty well. He was having a good camp.
1: He was. like He yeah. was he was getting an opportunity to play with Tyler Myers above Ole Ulevi on day two. Yeah, Because of what yolevi's performance was on day one, Keeper was one of the guys who jumped up and was getting a real opportunity. And I thought he was going to be... You know, up there battling with Bowie and Burrows for for a top spot in, in yeah in absolutely. Abbotsford. Absolutely. So really unfortunate. It's gonna that's a tough injury, man. Like that's gonna it's gonna be a while until oh, we yeah, see it's him gonna again. Be a long but time. back to Yolevi. Levy. <laughs> like Why? where does where does he go from here? Because honestly Abbotsford, the, that's just on highway saying, one. The only the only spot for him right now Abbotsford. has to be Abbotsford. Yes. Rathbone is not getting sent down. He's been too good. Yeah. And yeah, he took a took a bad penalty on a long shift, but he comes out of the box and redeems himself immediately. Scores a goal, and it's not just that; it's the fact that he's playing with Tyler Myers. And I want to get into this uh, before we hit the break here, but like you, like Rathbone and Myers playing together. Rathbone's the better offensive player right now, yeah. And Tyler Myers is supposed to be this offensive defenseman. We looked at it last night. Remember that there was a two there was a rush by the Canucks and the two deepest players are Rathbone (laughs) and Myers. Myers is Myers needs to recognize that he needs to be the guy staying back if he's whoever's playing with Rathbone. No right shot player on the whole Canucks organization is a better offensive player than Jack Rathbone. He's better than every single right shot defenseman. They need to be staying back. And I know Tyler Myers has a lot of things that he does well offensively. And yes, he can jump up and do offensive things as well. But Rathbone is a better player. He gets, he's better at moving the puck. He's better at stick handling. He's better at shooting. Myers needs to chill, man. You can't be going like we looked and it was high more and, uh, And and waters back like skating backwards, (laughs) defending because Myers and chaotic neutral, crazy to watch. And like we saw times where where Rathbone and don't get me wrong, if this is a good thing, like if he can dump the puck in and get to it first, great. You just don't see defensemen do that a lot. But if he's going to do that, you can't have Myers as the freaking F two four checking. He can't be the next guy in on the four check, like. (laughs) that needs to be recognized by Myers. And he's never had to do that because he's always been the offensive guy on his pairing, no matter where he's played, like he's been the offensive guy that you want to be able to, to be the leading offense. And that's the biggest problem that I have with the Rathbone Myers pairing. And we might see that on opening night for the Vancouver Canucks. And it worries me a little bit because they're going to get caught and it's, you know, it's, like Rathbone does a good, when Myers does step off, Rathbone does lay off the gas and he recognizes that he's a freaking (laughs) defenseman and he needs to stay back. But Myers doesn't figure it out. (laughs) Myers, the pro, like the veteran, he's got to be able to recognize that, Oh, that guy pinching in and chasing the puck. That's my partner. I should probably lay back here a little bit in case they do turn over the puck, but that to see him not recognize that, but see Rathbone be able to recognize it. That pairing worries me because Rathbone is going to have the puck a lot.
0: Well, That's what I want to say here is, you know, Luke Shen did not look great. Admittedly, he did not look great in that game against Seattle. But we still don't know if Travis Hammonick is going to opt out of the season, if he's going to retire. Report from Rick Dollywall of, oh my gosh, I almost said TSN there, Uh, from Donnie and Dolly um, is saying that Hammonick's weighing all of his options right now. He's got a personal matter um, that he's kind of weighing all his options about. We're not going to get into it too much, but uh, we're not sure. If Hamonic is going to be here, uh, he has until October first, Friday. Keep an eye on that day to opt out of the season if he'd like to. That would give the Canucks three million in cap space. If they get that, I'm all for them just moving Luke Shen up and just signing Hughes and Pedersen long term. Like I know mm-hmm. it gives it gives them more money, and it you know that that could be the difference maker. And I will I, add to that. I almost wonder. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. I almost wonder if they're kind of waiting to see what Hamannick decides before they get a contract done with these two guys. Well, I would
1: think CAA is waiting more than anyone. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the Canucks just want to get him signed. CAA still wants to get the most money, but to add to that, if he does opt out, he's still on the books for next season. Yes. He so is. People need to recognize $3 million cap it. It doesn't push the contract. So it's not like he has two more years. If he yeah. opts out, he's opting out of the first year yes. of his two year contract. So yeah, that does give the Canucks nice little space to kind of potentially go along with both at that point or it gives them a little bit of money to look for one of these other right shot defensemen out there who you kind of just want to be a little a guy that's a little bit better than luke shen just a little bit better
0: yeah luke shen did not look good and i'm gonna be honest like i'm gonna need to see a little more from him in training or in these preseason games before i definitively say that yeah put jack rathbone and luke shen on a third pair that's gonna be fine we don't know if that's gonna be fine chris but I don't hate those two together at all. And honestly, like I thought Myers and Rathbone looked fine last night. I think that's an NHL third pair. I really do. I know they were playing against AHL competition, but I do think those two together is a competent third pairing. Now, if you don't sign Hamanick, Myers has to go play with Hughes because OEL and Pullman has looked good. I don't think that's getting split up for a while. Like, I don't think we're seeing that that pairing get shaken up because those two have settled in with each other. They're starting to learn each other's tendencies. You can see the chemistry building on the ice when you watch them play together. I don't think Myers is sliding up to play with OEL. No.
1: I, man, I, you know, the name that we thought about for a while and we talked about in the offseason, Jason Demare is still without a PTO anywhere. Like, that's a guy who's played in the NHL for the past couple of years. If you're looking for a one year guy, why don't you? Why aren't you not bringing in a guy like him? Especially even with the situation going on with Hamannik. Did Demers not sign? Demers didn't sign with anyone. He's still skating in Arizona. I had to double check. Uh, I had to double check the facts to see where he was signing. But interesting. Nowhere. Still just skating in Arizona.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical about that. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe, but, maybe, uh, he's, maybe he's in a Hamannik situation. The other option is on the waiver wire, and this is the thing. This is why. You know, people are saying, "Oh my gosh, all you levy's going to get claimed." First of all, who cares if he gets claimed? He's not. Gonna well, be an the listeners attack.
1: care because if he gets claimed, you're doing yeah, yeah, eight yeah. shots, apparently, and we, we owe Harman. the Patreon we people. Do, yeah, I'll yeah. we'll be doing sixteen shots in a in yeah. a sitting. You guys are going to be out after that. Yeah,
0: that'll be that'll be. There's no chance
1: if I, if you do eight shots, you're going straight to bed. I'm driving you right home. You ain't doing anything after okay, that. That's
0: fair. I, I can accept
1: that. But uh, well, I'm not saying you accept. Your body will not accept that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Anyways, what was I saying? Man, you made me lose my train of thought. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is what I was saying. Um the waiver wire is going to have some options for right defensemen. and you know not to not to knock luke shen but there's going to be a defenseman a right-handed shot defenseman who's better than luke shen available right and if that's what you that's what you want to go explore i say i'm all for that like i'm all for the the Canucks exploring that option mm-hmm. but on the other side of that is, yeah, if you lose your levy on waivers, so what? He's not getting claimed, first of all. There's so many people that go on waivers in that first week or whatever that he's not getting claimed. Like, it's so rare that anybody gets claimed in that week. Like, remember, the Canucks waived Jacob Markstrom, man, and he never got claimed. I'm just saying, if, you, if you're if you looking at it from a perspective of, oh, here's here's a first-round pick with potential, that's what Markstrom was, and nobody selected him. And I'm just saying... I really don't think anybody
1: is going to select Yulevi. I really don't. Yeah, I think after the cant that he's had and the preseason start, I am almost flipping a little bit and on too. And
0: people around the NHL talk. Remember when my my tweet of Yulevi in the bag skate got in the NHL Alumni group chat? There's a lot of GMs there, I'm sure. And, mm. you know, when Cam Jansen, uh, who's the other guy? Max Lapierre and there was one other guy, Carlo, Carlo, Carlo something Italian from what? Come KSN. on. You're just something I, I, Italian. If I read it, I could pronounce Coyavac-
1: it. koyakovo Yeah, that's it. Something yeah, like that, that sounds right. Everyone in Toronto knows he's a he's big, big radio guy in Toronto. Yeah. I think.
0: No, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but I'm Italian, so I should. Uh, if I read it, I could pronounce it flawlessly
1: regardless out. yeah i see you and riccio running into each other at training yeah, camp and what's the first what's the first thing that comes out of both your mouth d giuseppe both you guys like <laughs> it's like you guys looked at each other made eye contact and said d giuseppe at the exact same time or no it was like you guys looked. how about d giuseppe's like d giuseppe's been good something like you guys yeah. were just right into so we it were, with d giuseppe i was like uh I I you guys never myself. met yeah yeah
0: i introduced myself i'm like hey i follow you on twitter blah 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 and we he follows me and we've, we've like interacted on twitter um but yeah, I was like, yeah, I never met you. And then uh, I was just like, yeah, just paisans. He's like, yeah, just paisans. Do you know what paisans are? No. Okay, so in, in Italian culture, paisans are basically, like all of our my family's paisans are just the people that came from the same village in Sicily uh, at the same time as us. And so we're not blood related, like we're not family, but we're basically family. Like mm. I, I've i called these people my cousins my whole life. Same, we're not ex- same
1: kind of region is what you're saying. Yes. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, even though Riccio and I definitely aren't from the same region.
1: Okay, well, whatever. Yeah, still
0: we're Italian paisans. We're gonna cut to break. On the other side, we'll talk hey, wait, about. Sorry, of course, I know I go wanted. For to- it. Yeah,
1: but the only thing is, we're about to get into an ad about Parallel Four Nine. We just had a little conversation with our rep there. We we got to mention the Oktoberfest, and I know we're gonna talk about Parallel in the ad. We got we're gonna be recording a new one pretty soon because I got those two new beers coming out. But Oktoberfest going on until. Sunday's the last day. Sunday's the last day. And they are saying it. right now, you can go down during the middle of the week, sit down and get a table. Weekends are crazy because that's when they, they think Oktoberfest is going on, but yeah. it's going on all week long. Polka, polka band. Polka. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Polka band live every night, Monday, all the way to Sunday. It's wrapping up this week. So be sure to get down there. Go down, go to like, go tonight. Hell, go tonight on Tuesday, go Wednesday, Thursday. You don't have to just wait for the weekend. That's when yeah. it's all busy. And you got the lineup, go down there and listen to a polka band. Uh, 1950 Triumph Street. You'll hear us talk about it in the ad there. They got good beer, sauerkraut on uh, sausages, all that good stuff. Schnitzel burgers.
0: That looked so
1: good. It I did saw look that. Good. Yeah, Everything that was, that was really fried good. from there looks really good. I don't know what they're doing oh. with that fryer, but... They're oh, doing man. it right for sure. But that's You're all I want to happy. say. We're going to throw to an ad break now, uh, which we will talk about more parallel. We got a new one coming too. Like I said, a couple of those new beers that people like for uh, for drinking at hockey games during the fall and winter. They're coming back, uh, which we'll get to next uh, episode. We're not going to do a new episode. We'll do our uh, little ad break now. We'll come back on the other side. We got a lot more to talk about. So uh, why don't you hit that commercial there, Quads? Folks, summer might be over, but the time to drink Squish ...is never over. This drink is taking its way into the fall, into the winter, and this is the perfect beverage for everyone. It's not one of those zero-calorie drinks that has no flavor and just tastes like tonic water. These ones have some flavor, folks. Squish Beverage, you can find it all over BC liquor stores, but I'm telling you, you got to do a little bit of digging. You got to go to some private liquor stores. If you find it, tweet at us about it because other listeners want to know where they can find the Squish Lemonade. Comes in a variety of flavors. My favorite, Squish Lemonade Passion Fruit or Squish Lemonade Pineapple. Kind of lean towards pineapple most of the time. So go out and find Squish at your local bc liquor stores or do some of that digging and find the squish lemonades at private liquor stores across british columbia all right folks you know what time it is we are here to talk about our favorite beer sponsor parallel 49 beer one of the go tos Quads. you can find this one at most restaurants too a lot of restaurants yes. i've seen it around the trash panda simple one of the longest standing beers from parallel 49 highly recommend going out to try it not just the beers though but the patio quads. The patio at oh. 1950 Triumph Street. Tell the folks about some food. And the, the sweet little drinks on the side that I know you like. So the Muddler's Pink Lemonade is my go-to. But man, the
0: food there. Cheeseburgers. chicken— bur- The spicy chicken burger was fantastic. Sub the pickles, right? Get the pickles instead Absolutely. of uh, jalapenos. Poutine I had. Fantastic. I got some green onion in there. And it's nice and melted. The worst thing about a bad... Like what makes a poutine bad... Is when the cheese is not melted. This one, it's melted and it's very, very good. So go down, check that out. The poutine, the burger, the spicy chicken sandwich. What was that last thing we got?
1: The, we got some wings. The wings, as well. the, wings, wings the Korean barbecue. But wings. they're also putting a roof over there. They're working on it for the fall, so it's not oh. just going to be the patio. We got rained out the other day trying we to did. go to Parallel Four Nine, but they're putting a roof over it. Uh, the beers are always fresh. So many different beers on tap there. So go out and try some Parallel Four Nine beer. You can get it at every liquor store you can find and also get on the 1950 Triumph Street to check out the street kitchen.
0: All right, and a massive thank you to all of our sponsors here at the Canucks Conversation Podcast. Chris, I wanted to get right into the poll question. Our poll question brought to you by Fuel the Fan, Blue Orca Sports Memorabilia. Go check them out. They've got a lot of good stuff. You can go get signed photos, all that fun stuff. Go check them out at Fuel the Fan on Twitter and on Instagram. Chris, poll question.
1: Yep, the site's being updated too. Uh, now that we got the deal going on with them, he says again more interaction, they're pumping up on the site. Nice. Uh, check them out. They're on our poll question. You can see the link right there. Simple poll question this week, Quads. How are you? What? I'm you amazing. Put that. I'm good. Is that
0: actually our poll question. I'm,
1: well, I wanted to get the I wanted to get a feel for the angry folk a little bit. You and can't. just to check in here, it's been 200 episodes. We
0: just finished training camp and you put the poll question as how are you? You're joking. You're, you're nope. screwing with me. I'm not. I'm going to look. I wanted That's the, actually the poll question. How did I not see this? Well, you didn't even look at it. What the heck? No no responses. 142 votes. You posted this seven hours ago. Not Usually w- when we post the poll question during the show, yeah. we get like two hundred votes in five minutes. What a wow. You put this as the poll question.
1: Just wanted to check in on people. Is that is that too much to ask? <laughs> I see how people are doing.
0: All right. Um, I just voted. I'm amazing. I'm I'm feeling great, man. Like, I can't really complain. I'm in a really good spot.
1: I'm good. Just good. I'm good. Not amazing. I guess. Yeah, you have school and stuff. Oh well. If we yeah. Well, now you mentioned that I'm angry because uh, <laughs> I have school is driving me up a wall. You know what I got to do this week? I have to record 25 commercials. <laughs> record and produce 25 commercials. <laughs> oh man, what am I doing? <laughs> I have, this That's week, tough, I have to do man. 25 commercials on top of working at 650, writing articles while you crack the whip yeah, on me at crack- Canucks Army, <laughs> and i got to come here and record. Okay. This is the good part. First
0: of all, I want to tell people what kind of boss I am, okay? Because last night... You come back with pizza. You're late coming back in the second period. I didn't give you any crap for wow. that. And then I just wrote the post game for you. Like, I just wrote the second period for oh, okay. you. Okay,
1: yeah, you didn't write the post game for me. No, no,
0: no. You were doing the post game, writing it on your
1: phone, which is hilarious. Yeah, um, no laptop was crapping out. You got to get a new laptop, bud. It's so bad. And it's old. time. Maybe I'll sell you this one and I'll just go buy a new Here's one. Here's the thing you're trying to sound all high and mighty here, like you're stepping in and doing the second period. People can go look at that post game report. Look at the first period and the third period, how in-depth it is. I dive into everything that happens. Nothing happened. And look at your second period report. I I left. I had 570 words or something like that after the first period. I come back and there's like 630 (laughs) words. You didn't even do 100 words into there for a second period. I'm had to. i like, hey, do you want to like, are you going to do the whole second period? Are you going to do the final thoughts? The thing that I was talking to you about? You're like, no, I'm not doing that. (laughs) You sit there after I bought you a beautiful gift for your promotion and everything. And the least you can do is do a freaking period for (laughs) me. Oh, man. That's why they pay me the big bucks, bud. Ran into Tommy, though, and uh, as I was taking my... Yes, I waved break, to Tommy
0: from the seats. It was I good, to, it's,
1: good yeah. to chat with him. Yeah. Talked about working on the farm out in Abbey a little bit. Yeah. You saying?
0: Tommy the tractor guy.
1: Yeah, but he made the drive. Same drive for me. Really? Both, yeah, he's... Uh, well, I'm area? not gonna say his area. does he
0: live in Abbotsford
1: no he's not in Abbotsford he's closer to Vancouver now you were saying so oh good he must for have Tommy. moved recently yeah nice but uh, it was good good to chat with him how did we not run into Clarissa by the way you mentioned her earlier in the there? episode she was at the did you not were you not looking at Canucks and Abbotsford's Instagram she's all over the stories everywhere wow every I didn't third see picture is Clarissa on the That's stories. That's so
0: funny that's hilarious. They're trying to poach her from Canucks Army.
1: Yeah, they're sneaking her out of there. Yeah. And uh, it was good to also just to see, like, we didn't really touch on this, but seeing fans back in the stands, man, how how good was it? Like, honestly, like the players have talked about it all the time. But even like, I just, I loved that feeling so much more. Like it was, I, I think back to like when Brandon Sutter scored that hat trick goal and like people would have loved like that. I know that people have dumped on Sutter forever, but if fans would have been in the arena to see that reaction would have been amazing. And it was unfortunate. None of us, could, we were all just kind of chuckling away up in the media box at the time, but to see Brandon Sirs score a hat trick, to see, you know, Garland put his first goal in the back in that to see how much the fans in Abbotsford loved Mikey Di Pietro. Heck, I'm not even kidding. I saw. I was looking over to my right. I took a picture of it for proof. There was one point. Mikey DiPietro makes a big save, and what's going on out in Abbotsford? A guy's got his shirt off. He's swinging it above his head, and I was like, "Whoa, Abbotsford man! Like this, they they're going to be wild for this uh, I, Canucks team out there." I was just thinking about this. You people used to chant Marky. Obviously,
0: there was the Lou. There's nothing for Demko because what do you do, Demko? Demko, right? No, that that works. doesn't work. It doesn't work as well as Markey. Marky. Marky. Mikey, that's a chant. Yeah. That I is a, a lot chant of people... that's going to resonate well with the Abbotsford fans. That's going to be ringing off the walls in the Abbotsford I'm going to go to the home opener. I don't know about you. I think that's a game you can't miss.
1: I'm always going to be at the Abbotsford game. You're you're not, not going to every game. I'll probably go to the
0: home the... opener and maybe another one. Yeah,
1: so I'll, su- I'll be surprised if you're out there at the home opener, to be 100% honest. Well, I'll you're be not at the home opener.
0: No, I'll be at the home opener. You
1: can't miss the home I'll opener. We'll see about that. Yeah, but a lot of people were screaming D. Like, uh, for, uh, for deep no, well, no. that's like, listen, let the fans choose what they want to call no, him. But yeah, Mikey, no. Mikey sounds pretty, the fans
0: don't know what they want. They wanted all levy for a long time. I'll
1: tell you what. Yeah. I swung and missed on this poll question a little bit, a little bit. It's okay. I was, giving, trying, I was giving you, too I was much just trying to, time. trying to do something a little different. No, checking it's, out. It's a good everyone.
0: one. It's a good one. Don't, don't, don't feel bad. It's fine. Um, but yeah, I've, man, I have to be honest with you as somebody and you as well, who attended basically every home game last year. That was probably the most fun I've had in person at a Canucks game. And it wasn't even an NHL game since like 2019. Cause I'm sorry. Like it was great seeing the media members, but we were like spaced out. Nobody was vaccinated. There's all that worry. Still nobody else is in the arena. There's the fake crowd noise. The smoke machine went off once that was fun. But other than that, like, man, it, it's not the
1: same, man. It I is think not back the to, same without fans. We were at the game. Was it the first game at home where it was Niels Huglander scores his first NHL goal? We were at that game yeah. and, like, man, it's really too bad. Fans could have Like, fans will be in the arena for when Pod, Pod Colson. Colson scores his first goal. But we got to see Huglander's goal and I just thought, like, damn, that's a moment that. It should be enjoyed by fans. It should be. That's what sports are all about. Absolutely. Making a memory, seeing him wear that 36 Jersey and score. You're not going to see that anymore. And by the way, remember I've mentioned this, I ordered from my, my dirty fake Jersey website. I I got the girlfriend, (laughs) a huglander Jersey number 36. It came yesterday. Oh no. So no, I like it. I think having the the rookie Jersey is kind of cool and she doesn't care about the number. Good. So, you know, having that Jersey, I think it's kind of cool because it's a rookie season. It's like a rookie card, you know, having the rookie Jersey. I think that's, I'm not too mad about it. Um but yeah, I don't know how long that took. Seven months probably to get here.
0: Yeah, I have a Pedersen rookie jersey. that I'll. I, I won't wear it anymore,
1: but still. Right. Fair enough. I'm still going to. I'm going to a game as a fan this year at one point. Are you? Yeah. Why? The uh, Philadelphia <laughs> Flyers game.
0: Really? Yeah, huh. I'll be at the
1: Flyers game. Are you going to wear your yellow uh, jersey? The that, one you always wear to games? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I got a few to choose from now. They're all players that aren't on the Canucks anymore, though. See, even when I didn't have media access and, like, I was still, you know, this is my Canuck way
0: days, I would still wear a dress shirt to the games. Like, I wasn't wearing jerseys. You but there was, one, there was one game I wore a jersey where I was like, you know what, nobody's going to recognize me. I put my hat low. I
1: was like, nobody's going to. Oh, no. I just, yeah, I still wear a jersey if I go to a I, game as a but fan. But then
0: when I went with you, when we went to Sedin Retirement Night, we were fans, technically. We went um, and had to buy tickets or whatever. Um, I wore a dress shirt to that because I was like, we're 100% getting recognized tonight because I'm with you. Everybody recognizes you and goes, Favor, Oh, in quads! Because, you know, I'm a little shorter than you. No secret. But... Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're, if you're I wear more that more yellow jersey, you
1: can spot me from space. Yes, that yeah. thing pops.
0: Even when we were walking down Expo Boulevard, people were like hanging out of their truck, like Faber.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, it's not hard with the Linden jersey to stick out. But yeah, I think that's that's gonna be really fun. Just seeing that last night was great. Like that was that was awesome, man. And to hear, I'd like. It's funny. Like we were. You you saw me. I was me and the security lady. We were having a ball together at training camp. Me and Jackie. Jackie was her name. Older lady, and she was telling me how they all volunteer there at security, and instead of them getting paid for it, all the money goes to Salvation Army. I thought it was awesome. Like hearing the story from her about that. We were chit chatting about the team. Me and Jackie. The whole we were chit chatting the day away, and I and she was asking me like, who are some of the players that uh, that are going to be big stars out here? And I said, well, let me ask you first. Like, which do you know is go? Which player are you excited for in Abbotsford? She's like, I only know one and it's di pietro and i said yeah well you're bang on he's going to be the big star out here yeah. let's you got it you want to bring this up you're spreading this around to everybody that wanted to hear you talk in the press box we yesterday really about this oh you know, yeah even i think you were talking rob's ear off yesterday and even eating, in the
0: car ride home Rob i didn't and I want carpooled.
1: i told you right off the bat you start telling me all these goalie things and i was said said, save that in your brain i don't want to hear any of this all i'm not going <laughs> to listen to this all game long but your take on mikey yeah, Is is he the second-best goalie in the organization? Yes,
0: he is. And I know this is a hot take, and I know this is one that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Look, you know, like, if you've been listening to this show for more than, like, two weeks, you know I don't like to say bad things about goaltenders. But Jarrolax looked fine, I guess, at training camp. Like, hasn't looked bad. There was a the whole thing. He didn't have his own pads. I, I get that's not ideal. But I just my early indications and just what I've seen is he's not gonna be a guy that meshes extremely well with Ian Clark and it's not even it's not even like he's good there's gonna be any hostility in that relationship I don't think that's the case at all like I think halak is excited to work with Ian and I think Ian's excited to work with halak I just think that it's gonna be another case of it's very difficult to teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. what I, If I, I can add to that, I think mm-hmm.
1: it's going to be like Halak isn't going to get 100% of having Ian Clark as a goalie coach. Like, yes. You know, D Pietro gets every inch, every cent out of, out of Ian Clark as a coach. Cause he takes everything. He says, whatever works. Same with Demko. Demko loves Ian Clark as a coach. He's hundred percent bought in. I think what you're saying is, you know, you don't know if, if Halak's going to 100% be invested and, like, he'll be very invested. Obviously, he's going to learn a lot, but I don't think he's going to be like Demko and DiPietro, Pietro where major changes to his game come from working with Ian Clark.
0: It's different, and, you know, it, people shouldn't be giving Halak a hard time about this and being like, what the hell? Like, figure it out. Like, look, when you have been playing as long as Halak has, and you've had as much success as Yarrow Halak has, and you're as respected as Yarrow Halak is... You're gonna be taught new things, and it's not like Halak's gonna scoff at what Ian's telling him. It's just he's gonna to try to implement it, but when things start to go south, he's going to revert back to what he knows. And it's just human yeah. nature. Like it's just natural. That's what's gonna happen with Halak. But the reason I say that Mikey is the second best goalie, and, and really what this take is is, is that Mike is blocked by the no-move clause on the Halak contract. Like Michael DiPietro is not making this team, he cannot make this team. The only way he's, he's playing, and actually, there's, there's another way. I'll get into that later. But the main way that Mikey is playing is if there's an injury to Demko or Halak. Now, if Demko were to go down, knock on wood, everybody's going to assume that, oh, Halak is going to play, and dps is going to be the backup. My take is that if that occurs, Mikey's the more the, the better goalie, just overall. I think Mikey's going to be the guy that the Canucks should be looking to over Halak if Demko goes down. And I know a bunch of stuff has to happen for this to even happen. And it's it's a bit of a hot take. I get that. But Mikey just at camp, like this is how I described him yesterday. I just said, Mikey looks like a goaltender who just like completely bought into everything Ian Clark told him. And he literally just looks like if Ian Clark was describing what he wants a goaltender to look like. That's what Mike looks like. It's like
1: if Ian Clark made like a creative player on NHL yes, and chose exactly. every single stat and every single move and every single type type of thing. Maybe not the height. Might to. He
0: I think Mike would give himself a few inches. Well yeah, and Mikey
1: department. let's let's give you like Mikey's not Mikey's not short like Halak. No. Halak's small. Yeah. Halak's Halak is like a 5'10. small Yeah. I don't know about that even. We saw him come out. People you know he's five ten on he's, stats. A, he's a quad's five ten. Yeah, he's <laughs> if you know he on Elite Prospects he's five ten. He's Vasily Pod and six four on Elite Prospects type height. But Mikey's like six foot. Like he's not small. No. You he's know, not. Mikey's six foot in his Tinder profile for sure. He might be six two on might, Tinder. He program. might be six I'd say six one he could get away with on Tinder. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. That's what happened. Well, if you're a Vancouver Canuck, you'll be alright on Tinder anyways. Yeah. Someone someone put it on the Canucks Reddit. It's it's the one year anniversary of when Niels Hucklander arrived. <laughs> and it was him it was because of the the Tinder thing and somebody tagged me in that and said, Remember how sad Chris Faber was? <laughs> I said, Yeah, I was sad. <laughs> I wanted to break so that funny. news. So yeah, yeah. it was
0: just some some girl that matched the one
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that is too good. Tough um, look for me becoming an insider when Tinder's yeah, beating me. Tinder's beating you. Tough. That is
0: so funny. Um, yeah. The other thing that I want to say though is just
1: Mike Mikey's looked great. Sorry. Can, say the other way. The, the other way that you said, Mikey Mike. Yeah, gets actually,
0: in. the other way is actually because Abbotsford's down the road, bud. Like a call up for Mikey because you know we look at the the Abbotsford Canucks schedule like Wednesday, Saturdays a lot. You got a, like a Monday game and Silov starts the Saturday game. And, and the, I'm talking about Vancouver has a Monday game. You can call up Di Pietro and carry three goalies on your roster. Like a no movement clause doesn't mean Yaro Halak can't be a healthy scratch. Right. Demko needs a break maybe. Like the options there for Di Pietro to get called up and then get sent back. Yeah, down.
1: I'm looking more in like a back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday type exactly, situation. Exactly. And this is,
0: you know. I I fully this isn't expect- foreign
1: either though this happens yes, a lot it does to in teams. I've seen this in Toronto I've seen this in teams yes. Amer- that are in you know that are in the eastern part of the United States who yeah. have their HLT. this is some this isn't a foreign thing to no, call up not. a goalie you see it a lot and it happened like I think it happened a lot with the New York Rangers in the past couple of years here because they had those young guys that you could move up and down very easily it could be something that could like that's possible to even if he's backing up for a game or does if he even gets into a game
0: yeah exactly and I think. I fully expect Michael DiPietro to go down to the American hockey league this year and absolutely light that league on fire. Like I think a lot of people, and, and we saw a glimpse of it last night where people are going to start to say, Whoa, okay. Like this guy's legit. Like they legitimately have a solid goaltending stable here. Uh, sea had a great performance in Seattle. Although there were some things I didn't like from sea loves and I saw them at training camp as well. And I still, I'm not going to get into it cause I don't want to rip, rip my son on the show. But, uh, you know, people are saying, whoa, Sea Loves. And, you know, I was telling people in August in that article, I said, you got to be higher on Sea Loves. Like, a lot of people kind of forget about them because, you know, I I feel like goaltending prospects just don't get enough coverage. Um, They do on this show. I
1: was going (laughs) to say, what are uh... you talking about?
0: (laughs) But in the market in general, a lot of them don't. Like, you know, there was one person in the city who knew anything about Aku Koskemvo and he works for this show, so... I'm just saying, like, goaltending prospects often don't get... Because a lot of people, their goaltending coverage is... Goalies are voodoo, and then that's it. That's all they That's all they have to say. Good enough so, for me. No, it's not good enough. You should want to strive for more and strive for better coverage. You should demand better coverage in your market.
1: Yeah, not... Yeah, whatever. You can have, you can have the whole market for goal coverage.
0: Well, Kevin Woodley helps out. Kevin Woodley's the, the guy. Never heard of him. Except prospects. I think I got Woodley covered on... Okay. Kevin's hey, prospects.
1: final... Th- I want to... Since we're on the goalie topic... We've seen, we saw CeeLove start in the very first preseason game. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen much of Spencer Martin. Are you still in the camp that CeeLove's going down to the ECHL somehow to to get games in, or is he going to back up Mikey now? Has the situation um, changed, do you think?
0: I don't think the situation has changed. You can carry I, three
1: goalies very easily in Abbott's. Yeah. That's another possibility.
0: Yeah, they might do that. I just think that the best thing for CeeLove's development is just to play a ton of games. Now, if you're loaning him, because remember, Canucks don't have an ECHL yep. affiliate uh Kalamazoo is no longer they they're with Columbus now um you don't have that control if you're sending him to the ECHL now i know that Ian has a philosophy where he likes to be very tuned in with all the goalie coaches um like for example last time i talked to Ian he was telling me about how he's going to talk to Kukos Skemvos' goalie coach and they're going to be on the same page and make sure that um you know, there's a clear plan in place that coup is following, uh, and that it's being re- it's it's being presented by Ian, but is being reinforced by the goalie coach in Finland. Because, like you said, Ian has a lot of contacts out there. He said that he is going to be talking to coup's goalie coach. That was the last time I talked to him. Now, that's all just to say that going to the ECHL is great, and you you in theory you're going to play a ton of games. But you know, Manitoba last year. Seelos plays one game, one game in Manitoba and didn't play again. So you run that risk of, you know, not controlling him and not knowing where he's going to play. I just don't know if there's a ton of value in him being the AHL backup, especially if Martin's there too.
1: You have the control though. You do have, the you have control. the control and you have Ian Clark down the road. Yeah. I think it's, I, I would like the idea of Seelos backing up.
0: I would too. If I got to go see, those would be an for game. There's I would going go to see.
1: be so many backup, Back to back games and yep. Mikey can't do all the like and as much as Ryan Johnson's told us that we're going to see 50 60 games much as Jim Benning has told us 50 plus games for Di Pietro, he ain't going to be doing every single backup like back to back night and he'll yeah. be out there in in you know Ian Clark down the road Ian Clark will be out there a lot I'm sure I think I like the idea of three goalies there in in Abbotsford yeah you know, even if Spencer Martin's not playing a ton you know he's got his literally his sister's here <laughs> his brother-in-law's here it'll be all right. And if he gets into games, if an injury happens, you have him right there, ready to go, to back up in the A if you need it. Yeah. And Spencer Martin's cage. Have we talked about this at all? Chrome bucket, very nice. Chrome mask from from back to top. Yeah, Dave down Gunnarsson. to the chin. That's a Dave Gunners chrome mask. That's a yeah. it's uh, an interesting one. Okay, off the goalie topic now.
0: Well, Jaroslav Halak's oh, mask. Did no. you see that?
1: Yeah, dude. That's
0: very nice, Pavel Dimitra, mm-hmm. um tribute.
1: Yeah, they played together. Shows, on a like, shows team. the person that Dimitra likely we didn't know him, but I'm sure no. it shows the person that he likely was. It he still, was, a good,
0: he, I've heard he was a good one.
1: Yeah, still being yeah. remembered like this by yeah. by some by a fellow countryman there. Um, yeah, I thought yeah. That, that's a great touch. I mean, absolutely, you love to see that from Holak. I think we'll have to wait maybe a little bit to get some more kind of info from Holak. I'm sure that'll be a talking point for him uh, in a little bit here. But moving on, I want to talk about the OEL Pullman pairing because. That game in Abbotsford, Pullman, Pullman impressed me more than OEL. OEL Pullman skates well. OEL ends up getting first star of the game. Don't really know about that. I thought it was Mikey for sure. Yeah, we we both looked at each other yeah. when they're like, first star of the game. Al Murdoch, I thought he pulled Joke on us there. Good to have Al back out there too. Yeah. Sent him a sent him a message on Instagram today, actually. Um, but to see OEL and Pullman together, like Pullman looks like the type of guy that I'd like to see play with Quinn Hughes, man. Pullman was always staying back. He's not he's not gonna be good at moving the puck, but he really skated well and he's a big body who has an active stick. There was times where OEL kind of got caught trying to escape the zone, and Pullman was right there to, you know, just when there's a loose puck that kind of bounces towards the slot a little bit, Pullman's right there, boom, chip it over the blue line, that's it. Like I, I get even in one game and watching him in training camp, I get what Pullman's game is. Like it doesn't he's not playing a complicated game. He's playing like a very simple He's a defensive defenseman. I could see why he puts up no points, doesn't take penalties, and doesn't do any of that. He is, I, I think he's going to fit fine. Like, I know it, the contract's going to be long, and we'll see how it plays out long term, but initial thoughts of him throughout training camp, I was pretty high on him as training camp went through. And then to see it kind of in one preseason game, I know it's so early, but we're going off of what we've seen. And I thought Pullman was good in that game, and I really liked how that's going to fit to let OEL be the best possible defenseman here because. It's it is a fit that I like. I liked the fit all through training camp, and I really liked it in game one of the pre, or game two of the preseason when they were together.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Liked him in training camp. Liked him in that game. I haven't seen anything yet that makes me go, "Ooh, got to split that up." And uh, yeah, like it was rumored that they were going to be the shutdown pairing for the Canucks this year. Uh, seeing them skate together in camp kind of reinforced that. And now, obviously, in the preseason,
1: I think it's safe to say that's the pairing.
0: That's the pairing the Canucks are going to be going to a lot.
1: OEL now puts up two points in that game in Abbotsford. What'd you think? I was surprised
0: by how not, not by the offense. I was surprised at how feisty he was and how, how much bite he has to his game. Like he, he, he was ready to throw some hits and I don't want to shift the conversation too much away from OEL, but another guy that surprised me a lot with his physicality was Rathbone. Rathbone wasn't throwing hits like you, like he is now last year and mm-hmm. going into every board battle, like he wants to rip the guy's head off. Like, like, Rathbone, Rathbone was extremely physical. I'd say other than OEL, he was probably the Canucks' most physical defenseman last okay, night. Okay, I
1: thought you were going to say a player. I'll say defenseman, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he was. I. But just to watch OEL move the puck, you know, be calm. Con- there was things like... I liked that when the pairing of OEL and Pullman was out there together... OEL was typically moving the puck from the left side up the boards or finding a a, a crossing winger or the center that was kind of moving to the right from the yeah. center. And like there's options for OEL there quite a bit to, to break out the zone. But when the pass wasn't there, the thing that I really liked was how Pullman was able to position himself, whether it was behind OEL or to the right of OEL and a little bit back. Like wherever Pullman kind of read where OEL was going with the puck. He was always a really good just, hey, if the pass isn't there, Pullman's there for the pass. So kind of reset everything. And like that was what I liked about the pairing was Pullman, his skating is so well that that it gets him into a fine spot to be an option. Like he doesn't want to be the primary puck mover. He shouldn't be the primary puck mover ever. Like Pullman would have like, if you would have put Pullman and Rathbone together yesterday, Rathbone would have been the first star by a mile. Like Rathbone and Pullman would be nice. If you had the option to move Pullman down as your third pairing guy, somehow the option is just not there, but like Pullman and Rathbone would be a pairing. I'd be excited to see on a third pairing. It's just the way the Canucks defense is shaped out. That's literally the first pairing right now is OEL and Pullman, which is unfortunate, but I don't know. I, I like, like still, I think the contract's too long and I still think it'll be, I just like the 2.5 million. I don't think is the worst, but to me still four years is too much for a guy in Pullman spot. Yeah. It's way too long. And i I've still, I'm saying that as someone who's been very impressed with Pullman off the top. So, you know, it's, it, you can't write him off yet. We liked him from a preseason game, but you can't, you know, put him in permanent marker and then line up as like the the number one right side guy now he's gonna be it. Pullman's the show, you know, like Welcome to the Pool Show. Yeah, whatever you wanna we can do better than that. But the Pullman Show. Yeah.
0: I think the Pullman show is a nice ring.
1: There's too. yeah, it's close to Truman Show. Have yeah. you ever seen the Truman show? No. I don't even
0: know what that is. What? No. I've heard I've heard of the name. Well, who's Truman?
1: <laughs> Jim Carrey. Jim,
0: who's Jim Carrey?
1: Okay, now I'm you're, joking. I'm joking. East now you're Intra. messing for sure. This is ridiculous. I
0: don't know the Truman Show though.
1: Truman Show is a great, great movie. From I'm guess I, I guess it was. Oh, it's before, a movie. Yeah, before your time.
0: Okay, what year?
1: Oh, man, I don't know. Ninety. It start with a nineteen. Ninety-seven. Yes, if I had to guess, I got. I'm gonna have to check that right now. But the final guy that I wanted to to mention here uh, before we get into prospects, because I got a few th- quick things to the prospects. Uh, Jonah Gadjevich. Yep. Travis Green talked about him. Committing in the offseason and getting better at skating, that he looked lighter, that he liked his game in the end. 1998, I was pretty close Mm -hmm. um, with the Truman Show, by the way. Um, Gadjevich looked pretty good. Looked good. I think that he looked good. He had a great play. Like, what a great play that he made to get that assist. He's got two goals in the scrimmage games that he's played in. He was physical. There was a time where he was throwing, you know, roughing up people after the whistle, things that Gadjevich has to do. But the problem is he doesn't kill penalties and he doesn't fit on a Travis Green fourth line still won't make the team. Yeah, like two years ago. He might have made the team not this
0: year too much depth. The Canucks have too much depth and their roster construction now really needs someone who can kill penalties playing in that bottom six.
1: So my question to you is how does Jonah Gajavich get into the NHL? What's the way because it looks like there's a way develop. There's a way that he can be an NHL player. Opening night doesn't seem like there's a route that way, but what is the route for Gadjevich to get to the Go NHL? Go down
0: to the AHL and develop as a penalty killer. Like there needs to be a direction from the top to the bottom of that organization. Well, maybe not the bottom, but from the top of that organization to develop Jonah Gajovic as a penalty killer.
1: Similar. When to I how- get out to Abbotsford, I would never do this because Trav because Trent Cole would kick my ass. But I'm gonna. I need to grab Trent Cole by the jersey, by the shirt, and say. You need to turn Gadvich into a penalty killer. I'm sure he would love that. Yeah, him and his, what did he have? He's small. I
0: saw him. I met him. Well, not met him, but I saw him yesterday.
1: Yeah. He's huge. Oh, and he's awesome to deal with. And he'd kick my ass. He had 400 penalty minutes, I think, in one of his years. He's
0: built. He's really, yeah. And he
1: was, he was, I was going to ask him if he's on creatine. No, he wasn't a goal scorer. I'll tell you that. He wasn't a goal scorer when he played. He was a defenseman who played in the, you know, in the 80s and 90s. He would kick my ass, like I've said. But I won't grab him by the shirt, but I he need like Trent Cole needs to get Gadjevich killing penalties. Two players that he needs to get killing penalties. Will Lockwood, Jonah Gadjevich. Those two need to kill penalties. Will Lockwood's not going to make this team because he can't kill penalties in the NHL. Well, you know, he might be able to, but Travis Green's not going to let him kill penalties yeah. in the NHL. Yeah. As much as he has stolen the show at training camp, and as much as we've really liked his game. He's in a similar spot, but for different reasons than Gadjevich, of he's not going to play on Travis Green's fourth line. Di Giuseppe, who you know, started the season killing penalties last year, as Daniel Wagner told us, because Wags mm-hmm. talked to him, he's going to get chances ahead of him. Highmore is going to get chances ahead of him. And those guys that can kill penalties and play in your fourth line, they're going to get chances, even though they might not be better NHL players and not bring more to an NHL team overall. Gajovich and Lockwood just aren't going to get that opportunity. But man, I think Gajovich. like I think he's, if he, you know, when he goes down to the AHL, which I think he's going to, he is going to just need to rip it up. That's when, you know, we talked about with Harm and we made the bet. I think Gajovich still gets into more than two and a half NHL games. I'm taking no, the over.
0: I'm taking the under with Harmon. I
1: know you're taking the under with Harmon, but I think if he goes down to the A and he show like if he's a faster player than he was last year, which he is, And he's still doing a lot of the same things to score goals, which he is. You see how smart he is at just being in the right spot. Not only like not only body wise and like where he's positioned in front of the net, but the way that he gets his stick away from defenders always. People wonder why he gets a stick on so many loose pucks around the net. It's because watch watch the way that he just like does such a good job of boxing out whoever he is with in front of the net that gives him so much space for his stick. It gives him so much space for him to quickly, if the puck is literally on his half, because he's doing such a good box out on the other on the defenseman that he's battling with in the front of the net, he will score the goal, or at least he'll get a really good scoring chance from within two feet out of the crease. Like That's how he gets so many goals, is he's so good around the net that it's not just because he's big and strong, it's because he's big, strong, and smart. Like He's big, strong, and smart and knows where to be with him, with his body, and with his stick, so... I think he's going to go down the AHL and I think he's going to score a ton of goals again. I think he's going to be the guy scoring the most goals in the AHL again this year.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he is. I think he's going to. I think he just needs to develop that side of his game. Yeah,
1: so we'll uh, I'll have a conversation with Call. I hope he doesn't hear this. He's going to, like I said, he's going to, hear this. He's going to kick my ass. The yeah, first it's your first scrum. He's there. going
0: to pull your shirt over your head and start beating on you.
1: Yeah, that won't be a good look for me. I'm sure there'll be pictures of that. More pictures of that than your boots from whatever training camp that was. I
0: like those boots. You didn't like those boots. Got a little you sore. I got a little sore, but they look cool. They make it's like, you
1: taller. I don't know if you like back when I back in high school, like the offensive linemen and defense linemen that like on the football teams that played and like wanted to get to the next level. They would walk around school like during the day with with weights around their ankles like these. You could buy these oh rings. Gosh. Yeah, yeah. you would put around your ankles and it, was, it wasn't was much. It was like three to five pounds. And, difference. and that's the thing. You would get to football practice after after wearing these all day and walking around, being in school with these weights all around your ankles. You get to football practice and you're buzzing because you take the weights off. Yeah, And that was, that was what the offensive and defensive linemen used to do. It was a little trick. Wow. Why did I say that? Oh, your boots. Because your boots are so damn heavy. You and me had to walk across the campus to find the Tim Hortons there to try and do some writing. Couldn't even do it. All, all we did was get you a bagel. <laughs> yeah, I paid $9 for a freaking bagel. And... Don't say bagel. 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 That's what I'm saying. Say bagel. It. No, there's too much ah. It's not bagel. That's not what I'm saying. I know. You're, bagel. 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 Yes. Bagel.
0: No, oh, no, no. You went back the other way.
1: Oh, man. Anyways, we'll close so it is, out here. This, this has like, been a great episode 200. When I say the plural of peanut, <laughs> I I tend to always say... Another Chris word. She is
0: silent.
1: I always say a word that yeah, it doesn't sound like uh, that's one that oh, I man. really struggle. I can always say peanut fine, but if, yeah. I, if I say the other, if I say the it's, plural, this is a family show. It's a family show. <laughs> we don't need any of that here. All Subscribe right. to the Patreon uh, to hear Chris say yeah, peanuts. N- next episode, I'll say p- the plural of peanut for <laughs> ten Isn't minutes that, straight. Is <laughs> it that bad? Oh man. Okay. Well, we'll close it out there. We checked. No, all the we boxes. won't. I got a prospect oh, man. report. Oh yeah, we didn't check all the boxes yet. Lucas Forsell, his team sucks. They suck so bad. They're a horrible team. They're the worst team in the J twenty league that he's playing in, in the uh, Sodra league or Sudra league, whatever South is in uh, Swedish. I'm picking up a few of the terms Dude, here. Great. Forsell's team sucks so bad. Every goal that gets scored by his team is either him scoring it or him getting the primary assist on it. I like like I get it. It's it's tough. It's in a league that you know, a league where he should be dominating. And I think he is as much as he can, but man, I watch some of these games and he is the, his line is the only line that's able to get out of their own zone for more than a minute. It's so bad to watch. And I don't understand why, because they're a decent organization and they should be like having a decent J 20 team, but something has happened this year with that team and for Zell, man, I really feel for him. He got an opportunity to go up and play in the SHL. He got 10 seconds. Uh, in a shift, which everyone's going to talk about him getting SHL games now, even though this is the same thing that happened with Pearson, Pearson last year. Yeah. Like, look at Forzel getting these SHL games. He got a quarter of a shift. <laughs> uh, Forzel got in, but he but he got to go up there and practice with the team for a day and got to skate with them and play in a game, technically. He got 10, ten seconds. Anyways, what's going on with him with J20? Man, he's got one other player on his team that's half decent and the rest are just horrible. So I feel for four it's been tough to watch him play, Uh, but he's still creating. He's still doing the best he can. I I think by the end of the year, we're talking about him being in the SHL. And I think that sets him up for a big year next year, but this year it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard on him. I'm going to be, you know, keeping tabs with him and chatting with him. He's a good dude. Good to talk to still a kid, 17 years old, but to see him get SHL games, I think like he's going to have to, like, there's going to need to be an injury for him to get into the SHL. And that's kind of the you know, you don't want to ever hope for an injury, but for him, you just want to get him off that J20 team. That's a bad team, man. They're they're losing games five to one, they're losing games seven to two, like five nothing. Like it's it's hard to watch. And then you see the goals and it's Forsell with an assist or him scoring it each time. So tough, tough sledding for Forcell early on in the season, but at least already he's gotten a call up to the SHL. I think that's a very positive note for him at 17 years old. That's great. So we'll see what happens with his season moving forward. And final thing. Connor Lockhart, heading back to the OHL, heading back to the Erie Otters, not officially made yet, not officially tweeted by Rick Dollywell yet, but he is. He he was, you know, I talked to him. We got an article dropping tomorrow, actually, in Canucks Army with a lot about it. I love the quote from him saying that, you know, if he would have played in the OHL, without a doubt, he's getting drafted higher. He's a confident kid. I had a nice one-on-one chat with him, just kind of talking. And I, I said I wouldn't put this in the article, but I'll say it in the podcast. He's saying, like, the OHL screwed him and a lot of other guys in his position. They kept saying, like, oh, we're gonna be coming back. We're gonna be coming back. Just wait, like, don't go. And he he had a spot to play in Europe. He was saying, like, he had multiple teams in Europe that would have taken him. But he couldn't go because he was like, Well, the OHL keeps saying, like, oh, two weeks, we're gonna start in two weeks' training camps, they're gonna fire up, and then nothing would happen. And then, oh, two more weeks, two more weeks. And like, he got to skate with some really good NHL players. Got to skate with Claude Giroux uh, in the off season. I thought that was good, and former Canuck. Benny Hutton, as he called him, uh, got to skate with Ben Hutton in the offseason. And his trainer kept like kept was able to keep them on the ice the whole 18 months. So the thing that he told me was like it was a really mentally draining off-season, but it was a massive test that he had to overcome and he did. Like mm. 18 months of he, the only the longest time he went without ice was two weeks over 18 months. This kid's committed, man. I'm gonna be really interested to see what he can do in the OHL. He's gonna be in a big role with them. They got a couple forwards that were also at NHL camps, and if they return. His thought was that that's going to be the trio that's going to play together in Erie there. So three NHL draft picks coming back after not getting an OHL season but still getting drafted. These guys are going to be ripping up uh the OHL for the Erie Otters. So it's going to be a fun thing to follow for him and the final thing was I just I asked him like what are the goals? Like are you trying to be one of the top scoring guys in the OHL? Like what's what's your goal for next year? And his goal was just to be signed. He said he just wants to play good enough that he that the Vancouver Canucks want to sign him. So that I thought was kind of interesting. Maybe his, you know, maybe he wants to get into the AHL as soon as this season. So Lockhart, we liked a lot what he saw in camp. The guy can really skate. The guy can really shoot. I thought after Pod Cole's in a rookie camp, I thought Lockhart was the second best forward. Yeah, I agree. He's he, solid. He can move. He's not the biggest body. He yep. definitely isn't. I'm taller than him. You're taller than him, but he's thicker than you. You think yeah. you're you think you're in shape? He's on creatine for sure. Okay, you and your you and your creatine nowadays. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, he's definitely on creatine. He had veins popping off. And he, you know what? He's the same as you. When I interviewed him one on one, he's flexing the whole time. Same thing you always do. We're not flexing. This is just how we look. You just flexed <laughs> as you said that. You like fucked <laughs> your shoulders up and flexed as you said that. Jeez. Oh man. That's okay. Was you have anything else time. on the prospect? No, that's all I got. You can wrap it up. Two hundred episodes. Good times. Two
0: hundred episodes, Chris. It has been. Uh, an absolute pleasure to be here for 140 of those. So, for Chris Faber, my name is David Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to a very special episode 200 of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to
1: never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim?